So as a kid, I was one of four siblings, and we played a lot of games at my house, and we played a lot of card games, and one of the things that we did, um, we, we played a game with cards that maybe is not how cards were intended to be used, but it was a whole lot of fun. Um, we would build little towers with cards. How many here have built little card houses and towers? That was like one of our, one of the fun things that we really liked to do as kids. And we would sit at our kitchen table, and it was a fairly good sized table, so everyone had their little allotted space, which we were very um, careful to clarify. You know, these are siblings that we're talking about here. We clarified where your space was, and we we would start the time, and we'd have these competitions. Who could build the tallest tower? Who could build the the biggest tower? And if you've ever done this with cards, um, you probably know that cards are kind of slick, and and they don't sit nicely on a table. Um, they they fall super easily, and they're a very difficult building material because they're so light. And so inevitably, as siblings, we would have these conversations like, "Don't breathe." <laughs> Don't exhale. Don't speak too loudly because then your breath will knock the houses down. And, uh, and inevitably, um, totally, totally by accident, um, I would intentionally take large breaths. And when, when my siblings, you know, tower was a little bit taller than mine. And of course, completely deny that that was on purpose. And, uh, and so we would have some heated, heated discussions about, about that. Um, there were an, another thing that happened quite frequently is someone would bump the table, you know? And so if all these, towers are built on this table and one person just like leans up against the table or bumps it, be that intentional or unintentionally, then all of the houses just fall down and are completely destroyed in less than a second. I was thinking about this today as I was reading the parable of the two builders. And this is a parable that Jesus tells found in Luke. It's also found in Matthew. And in Matthew, it's called the parable of the wise and foolish builders. And many of you who grew up in church probably know a little song that goes with it. You know, the wise man built his house on the rock and the foolish man built his house on the sand. That's the version um, it, we find in Matthew. So today I wanted to look at the parable of the two builders in Luke. The context of, of Jesus telling this story is that Jesus had stayed up and prayed all night, and he had chosen his 12 disciples. Out of all the disciples that were following him, out of the crowds, he, he had chosen his 12 closest disciples that would walk with him most closely. And he'd come down the mountain a bit, and a huge crowd had gathered, a huge multitude had gathered there to be healed and to be, to listen to his teachings. And Jesus healed, and and then he preached to this large crowd. It's called the Sermon on the Plain, very similar to the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in 
in Matthew. And so on the Sermon on the Plain, you find it in Luke chapter 6. He, uh, Jesus talks about some blessings and woes. He, he, there's a section in there about loving your enemy. There's a section about not judging others. And then he goes into telling some of these parables. He, he starts off with um, trees. How do, how do you tell what kind of tree it is? It depends on the fruit of the tree. Is it a good fruit or is it a bad fruit? And then he ends with a parable about two builders. And that's where we're at today. Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. Read, read with me here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the, moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. That's where I was like, I picture the whole tower falling <laughs> when, when one person bumps the table. Just immediately, the tower falls. So Jesus here is telling a parable. What is a parable? A parable is simply a, a simple story, typically pretty short, that illustrates a truth or, or a moral or a spiritual lesson. And Jesus often taught in parables using examples from everyday life and, and analogies from um, everyday life that his hearers would understand. So I just kind of want to go through this and talk about it um, a little bit together. So he starts off by saying, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? There are people who've come to be healed and to hear Jesus's message who claim to follow Jesus and yet are not living it out. You probably heard the expression that the actions speak louder than words. This is an example of that. Uh, Jesus saying, hey, this is what's happening here. And it's not just about what you say or your appearance, but it's, it's about how you're actually living. Like, are you putting these things into practice? And so he paints a vivid picture. He, he gives this illustration that describes what he's, what he's trying to get across. So verse 47. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. Jesus here is describing a situation that would have been very familiar to his hearers, the, the people listening. They had in Israel hot, dry summers. And in the winter time, there's pretty much two, two main seasons and in the wintertime, it was cooler and it was rainy. And when the rains came, especially if a lot of rain came at once and the ground was dry and cracked, it couldn't absorb it fast enough. The, the water couldn't be absorbed as fast as it was coming down. And so these flash floods would occur and the rivers would rise and, and water would gather in certain places. And then inevitably, if there was a downhill, 
water travels downhill. And so you have these, these quick, quickly appearing little rivers, little torrents, these fast moving streams of water. And as you all know, where water flows quickly, it erodes. And so the so- it washes the soil away. I remember I, I grew up in Guinea, West Africa, and uh, we always had a four-wheel drive vehicle uh, because every summer uh, the roads would kind of get worked on and they would be pretty passable and no big deal. But about three months out of the year, the rains would come. And we're talking like a ton of rain in two or three months. And we would, just to get to our house, we would have to like go through what had turned into a river across the road and these huge ruts and these giant puddles of mud that just wanted to hold the vehicle in there. Like the rain changed the landscape drastically. And, and the people that were listening to Jesus knew this. They, this happened every year. And so they built their houses accordingly. They would dig deep down all the way to the rock. So they would take away all the topsoil that could be easily washed away. And they would dig deep down to the rock and lay the foundation on the rock. You know, today we use heavy machinery to dig out the big holes that require, um, for, for foundations. You know, we, we use machinery to do that. But in the first century and in many places today around the world, it's just all done by hand. And so as you can imagine, it's backbreaking work and it takes a long time. But it was necessary. And that's what the people knew, and that's what Jesus is referring to. It was necessary for the house to be structurally sound. So when the floods came and hit the house, the house stood firm. It was able to withstand the force of the flooding. And Jesus says here that the people who hear my words and put them into practice are like the people who choose to build a house on a foundation of rock. And then he continues, But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. It's a very drastic and very vivid image here that that those who hear the words of Jesus but don't put them into practice, it's like building a whole house without the foundation. It may look pretty. It may look complete. It may take a lot less time and a lot less back pain (laughs) to build this house. But when the floods come, it won't be strong enough to withstand the storms of life. Sometimes when, when I'm at the house and I'm doing stuff, I'm, you know, doing all the house chores or, or just sitting and, and, and just chilling. I like to put on um, house remodeling shows. I don't know if anyone else likes to watch those, but um, it's so satisfying because I have so many projects I want to do at my house and there it takes a whole long time. But when I put on one of those shows, like within an hour, the whole house looks amazing. I wish, I wish that could happen in real life. Anyway, I put these, I put a house show on this week and as I was doing other stuff and a lot of, there's a lot of different house shows, but a lot of them have the exact same storyline. So there's clients that are looking for a home. They finally buy a home and they hire this designer who, you know, has an eye for 
for just making the house functional and beautiful at the same time. And the designer comes up with this gorgeous plan and sells it to them. And they're all excited. Yes, let's get started. This is going to be amazing. Here's the timeline. And then demo day happens. And on demo day, the layers are peeled off and the actual structure of the house is revealed and inevitably there's some surprises. And so the show I was watching um, this week was was fun because it tied into this. Um, when they peeled back all the layers, they, they realized that the foundation was in shambles. That not only had it been, had it, it wasn't built properly, they hadn't done it right in the first place, but they hadn't waterproofed the foundation. And evidently you're supposed to do that. I mean, you know, there's, there's people in here who know how to do that. I don't. But they hadn't waterproofed what they were supposed to waterproof around the foundation. And so the water had come basically through the house, through the foundation. It had just disintegrated things, had washed part of it away. In fact, part of the house uh, was just free floating, like it wasn't even touching the ground in certain places. And so the designer has to bring the clients back and there's like this big, oh no moment. And, and I wrote down what she said to, to the clients. She said, instead of the foundation holding up the house, the walls are actually holding up the house and it's ready to collapse. Those were her words. Without the foundation, there's no question that the house would remain standing. As Jesus tells this parable, as he, as he tells this story, he's saying that faith can't just be spoken, that our faith must be put into practice, that we are called to live out the words of Jesus. It's interesting in both scenarios in the parable, um, it's assumed that the rain or the flooding is going to come. It doesn't use the language of if it rain, if the flooding comes, like when, when it rains, when, when the flooding comes, then we'll see if the house has a strong enough foundation. And isn't that true in our lives? That there, there are always challenges that come. There are always hard things and hard seasons and situations and relationships where our faith is tested and we're stretched and it's uncomfortable. And we need the strength that a solid foundation provides. This metaphor is picked up and used by both Paul and Peter in different places in the New Testament. And uh, in Ephesians 2, Paul describes Jesus as the chief cornerstone. And I love that image. The cornerstone was, so once you dug out the, the top soil and you'd reached rock and you were ready to lay the foundation of stone, you would start with the cornerstone. And it was the, the strongest stone, the, the straight stone that as you put it down, all the other stones would be aligned with that cornerstone. And so that cornerstone had to be perfect. 
Because if you messed with that stone, the whole, it's like a domino effect. The whole rest of the house wouldn't be right. It needed to be strong and solid so that all the other stones could be aligned to it. It was the most important part of the foundation and everything else was built off of that. And Jesus is called the chief cornerstone. There's a simple truth in this parable that I found very powerful in my life this week. And it's this. If we want to be Jesus followers, then Jesus must be our foundation. It's not rocket science, (laughs) but the implications of that are so uh, numerous and so profound. If we want to be Jesus followers, Jesus must be our foundation. Jesus must be the chief cornerstone. Everything else in our lives needs to align with Jesus. So friends, we are invited to hear the words of Jesus and also to put them into practice. To, to live out a faith that is centered around Jesus, not a faith that is, that is over here like one part of our life or one piece of our life or one of the things that we do on Sunday, you know, morning, but rather how a faith that, that des- describes how we live our lives every moment, every location that we're in. A faith in Jesus that defines who we are what we say, what we do, and what we practice. And I am so thankful in this moment that we don't have to do that by ourselves. Because by ourselves, that's a pretty daunting thing, right? But Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will walk with you. And also, we are invited to be a part of a community. A part of a church of Jesus followers where we can help each other, we can encourage each other, we can support each other. And yes, church is a mess most of the times. Like we're messy people. And so there's bumps along the road, but that's part of the beauty of being a part of a community like this is that we get to do it together. We get to journey together. There's so much good in that. I think for me, it was the simplicity of this parable that really spoke to me today. Sometimes life feels so complicated um, and so hard. And some of the situations we're dealing with, it's like there's all these things that we're weighing and trying to understand. And I'm a detailed person, and so I can easily get lost in the minutia of it all. Here are all the things that, that I need to do, or here are all the different dynamics of this relationship or that relationship, and, and, and trying to figure out how to navigate life sometimes can feel really, really complicated. And often, I'm asking this question. I'm asking, so where do I go from here? Like, what now in this moment? And I'm guessing I'm not alone in that, that sometimes life just feels overwhelming. And we're asking, so where do I go in this moment? Where do I go from here? And when I read this parable, I see this invitation to keep coming back to Jesus, to keep listening to Jesus's words, and to keep putting those words into practice. Keep coming back to Jesus. It's simple, but not at all simplistic (laughs) and not at all 
easy at times, right, to do. But the invitation is simple. And for me, that's freeing when life feels complicated. Keep coming back. Keep listening. Keep trying to put it into practice. And, and thank you, Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is here within us and around us, helping us, reminding us of these words of Jesus and teaching us how to live those out. And no matter how long you've been at it, there's always more to learn, right? More to process, more to experience, more to put into practice as far as Jesus's words. So I wonder which words of Jesus do you, do we need to be reminded of today? Which words do we need to maybe focus on and put into practice this week? Jesus said many things. He told us to love God with our whole selves, to see those who are hurting, the vulnerable and the marginalized, to love our neighbors as ourselves, not to judge, but to welcome, to forgive each other, to pray, to lean on the Holy Spirit, to seek the kingdom of God above all other things. Jesus said a lot of, a lot of things. What words do you need to remember? Do we need to remember this week? The words of Jesus are found in the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's about, those books are about two-thirds of the way through your Bible. If you'd like to go back this week and read through some of the words of Jesus. Our invitation is to keep coming back to Jesus. Keep listening to his words and putting them into practice. As I was thinking about this um, illustration in the parable, I was thinking about how, you know, in a room with this many people gathered, where there's people from all different parts of the journey, right? All different backgrounds, all different places. And some of us here might be quite new to faith. And, and you might be starting at the very beginning, just learning the words of Jesus, reading them for the first time. And I just want to encourage you, keep at it. Keep reading, keep learning the words of Jesus and talking about them with your people. This foundation work takes time and it takes energy, but it's so worth it. And I want to remind you, you're not doing it alone. There's a whole lot of us on this journey, so please find someone to do it with you. And Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Others of us in this room may already have um, some of that foundation work done. But maybe as you stop and as you reflect, you realize, you know what, some of that is washed away. Some of the waters come and, and, and wash some of it away and some repairs need to be done. <laughs> Maybe parts of our lives we've built but not built on the words of Jesus. Maybe in parts of our lives and areas of our lives, it's just really hard to practice that love your neighbor as yourself bit <laughs> or the don't judge bit, you know? I want to encourage us to reflect on those parts today, to turn towards the Holy Spirit who is always present, always there to guide and to teach and to ask for the Holy Spirit to help us put those words into practice. And I also want to encourage us to turn towards community. Again, you don't have to do it alone. 
There are people who are walking this journey, and we want to do that with you. There may be others of us in this room who are experiencing some really strong storms in your life. You're like, okay, I'm following Jesus. Foundation's there, but the walls are shaking around me. And you're wondering, is everything going to crumble? Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is a strong foundation. And when you don't have the strength to face life's storms, to face all the hardships and the struggles, that Jesus does have the strength. And the Holy Spirit is with you and wants to strengthen you and be there with you. We are invited, friends, to cling to God, to cling to, to God's hand, knowing that, that God sees and that God is present and that God loves without limits and without conditions. So wherever we're at on our journeys, we're invited to keep coming back to Jesus, keep listening, and keep living out his words.